Welcome to the Hunt the West podcast, where it's all about getting the job done, getting outside, bringing some meat home for the family, and having an epic adventure that you can tell about around the campfire. I'm your host, Skylar Harrison, and today we've got a special episode for you. We've got an interview with Nelson Johansson. Um, Nelson is just a regular guy like any one of us. He um, didn't grow up in a hunting family, but he just had an a serious love for the outdoors and for animals. And he explains how that evolved into what is now a passion of hunting for him. Uh, We get into a story that, let me tell you, this story that he was talking about gave me the chills. Like I, my heart started pounding. He tells the story so well, and it's all about a buck named Buck Goliath. So, Buckle up, get ready for this. Um, You're going to enjoy this story. And we even get into a little bit about the Dedicated Hunter Program, which is a special program in Utah that um, helps hunters have a little bit longer season, have some extra hunting opportunity, excuse me, some extra hunting opportunities. And and they contribute to special conservation projects along the way. So this is an episode that you're going to want to listen to. Um, Get ready for this. This is my interview with Nelson Johansson. All right. Welcome to the show, Nelson. I'm so glad that we could do this. How's it going? Yeah, glad to be on it. (laughs) Um, So you and I know each other through my wife. You're my wife's cousin. And um, I didn't even know you hunted until like what a year ago yeah yeah <laughs> so tell me a little bit about that like n- as far as i know nobody really hunts in your family are you the yeah. only one that hunts in your family like how did you get into hunting what made you want to do it and like how did you get started yeah definitely so growing up my brother james he had a friend kind of that he grew up with that his his older or his dad was a big hunter. <clears throat> he shot like the third largest brown bear in Russia. What? Yeah. And he, he just has like he, his friend was Robert Winward. And I forgot his name, the his father's name, but he was just a big time hunter. And so James, my brother, he kind of got into it um through him. And he like built a trap with his buddy Robert, and uh, we grew up like shooting, you know, rats and squirrels, <laughs> quail, all in the backyard of yeah. Salt Lake City. You know, we grew up in the Mount Olympus Cove, kind of up on the mountain, and and there's always deer up there, especially in the winter. You know, they're coming down to their winter grounds, and and tons of deer up there. And, and all yeah. that random squirrels and stuff yeah and so kind of grew up um shooting squirrels and i remember in high school like i shot some quail and and we have an apple tree in my backyard as well and i you know i processed these quail and i built myself my own little rotisserie chicken <laughs> thing in the backyard and i grabbed these apples and had some lemon pepper and and cooked those quail up. It was pretty fun. And that sounds awesome. <laughs> yeah. 
It was cool, but I've, I've always loved, loved animals and uh, loved the outdoors and hunting and, and, and everything. But my dad never hunted. And, and so I never really got into it until like big game hunting. I mean, we, we went pheasant hunting a couple times growing up, but. Uh, like you and James or. Yeah. So me, James and my brother, John. Um, Andrew, he's, he kind of likes it. He'll go pheasant hunting. We still kind of go pheasant hunting now. He'll come for that. But, but really, I'm the only one who's really gotten into big game hunting. Um, yeah. <laughs> like after uh, my mission, my, uh, I would go hunting with, with James. He, got, he tried to get really into it when he was in college. And we'd buy the over-the-counter general season elk tag, and we'd go into the Uintas just aimlessly. <laughs> wandering around. Wandering around, you know, and we'd be lucky if we saw a bird. You know what I mean? <laughs> I'm, I'm really familiar with that situation. <laughs> you have no clue what you're doing. <laughs> yes. And that was like for four years. <clears throat> four years of that. Three or four years. So and you guys were buying – over-the-counter elk tags going up to the same area and then just not having any success yeah the south slope okay or just no success man like i i had had an elk tag for four years and i hadn't even seen an elk (laughs) you know dude i am very familiar with that (laughs) i think that's pretty common so i like Okay, so you're you've been doing it for like four years, haven't seen an elk. You're like still buying tags and going out. What? I mean, you mentioned that you like just love the outdoors and love animals and stuff, but why keep doing it if you're not having any success? Um, I don't know. It's it's like a challenge, you know. Hunting is it's not easy. I don't care what anybody says, you know, (laughs) whoever it is against hunting or, I mean, it doesn't, that's fine if they don't like hunting, but people that just say, oh, how hard is it to just go shoot Bambi out in the woods? (laughs) Yeah. It's a lot more than just going out there and thumping something. That's so true. And and I, I kept going because I just love the, the self-sufficient life of, of hunting or, you know, it, it's something else to, to go harvest your own animal and provide that food source for yourself, for your family, for friends. And not only that, just even those times that I didn't even see an elk or see anything, I just loved being out there and just experiencing the outdoors and, and seeing stuff that I probably wouldn't have seen if I weren't out there. You know what I mean? Oh yeah, totally. You took the words right out of my mouth. (laughs) I kept going, you know, because I, I wanted to be, have a successful hunt finally in my life. Yeah. So, so when did that success start happening? Um, So, the first successful hunt 
I what I went on was three years ago. I participated in, and it was my my cousin, my other cousin on the other side. Uh huh. James, actually, his name's James. Um, a lot of James in the family. <laughs> a lot of James. <laughs> he uh, he was getting into it as well. He would come out with us as buy the over the counter tag and walk through the Uintas with us and and all that. But then he found a guy through through his business that offered to take him on a on a elk hunt, spike elk hunt. And uh, that's just a guy that knew what he was doing, or was this like a guided thing? Yeah. So, yep. It, it was he paid him. Okay. And and now he's a really good friend of ours. He, oh, okay. He's from Fairview, Utah. Grew up hunting his whole life. You know, hunting is his world. And so my cousin got in contact with this guy. His name's Ty. And you know, he paid him, I don't know, 200 bucks or something, or I don't know if he paid him, but, um, the guy just helped him, you know, get this spike elk. Yeah. Cause it was an unlimited entry unit, you know, it was the, the over spike only unit. Spike yeah. Only unit. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, he helped him and he got it done. And, and you were on that hunt. You were just I, there. So I him. wasn't on that hunt. Oh, but that just gave me hope, you know? And so I contacted my cousin and he's like, yeah, next time I go talk to my buddy and you should come down. And so I think it was the following year I went down and, uh, was a part, I bought a spike elk over the counter tag instead of the general or instead of the, the any bowl. Uh huh. And um, went down twice, and I actually saw elk on my (laughs) hunt. (laughs) A victory. (laughs) A victory, you know. But I was unsuccessful. I wasn't able to get it done. It was the last night, and I wasn't able to get, get it done. But our friend Ty invited us to Colorado. He had a a mule deer tag in Colorado. And, uh, so we both went and we bought an over the counter bull elk tag just because in case we see bull elk, you know, me and my cousin were both, he was, we were both just getting into it. Didn't want to pass up an opportunity like that. And on that hunt, we're in Colorado for five days. And, uh, or let's see a Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and then came back on a Sunday. And we didn't see any elk, but the last night, our buddy Ty, we found a big buck, like a big buck, a nice buck. And he hits it at about 700 yards. Oh, wow. Yeah, it was a good shot. And, you know, we get up there and, this is like Saturday night. This is like Saturday the, night. Like the night, like you're leaving the next day. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And, you know, we knew it was a big buck, but we, we get up on it and this thing is huge. It's <laughs> 31 inches across. Oh my gosh. 
it, this is that would, one is this the one that you showed me that picture of you posted this on instagram didn't yeah, you? yeah 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 uh-huh, oh exactly. i remember this buck yeah <laughs> it was a big buck it was pretty fun to be a part of and that was the first successful hunt i'd ever been a part of it was it was cool it and was so at that point are you just hooked or you're just like i'm gonna do this at, at that point, I was like, I really want to get into this and I really want to make this happen. I really want to be a successful hunter, you know, and and he was nice enough. He gave me some of the meat and I cooked that thing up and, you know, he gave me the back, one of the back quarters. And oh, I, wow. like the whole back quarter? Yeah, the whole back quarter. Wow. That was a generous was, friend we helped him pack it out and went out to Colorado with him. And yeah, it was really nice of him. And I ate, I ate almost all of it. You know, I gave some to my brothers and stuff and trying to get them more hooked into it. (laughs) And how'd they, how'd they take that? Did they, did they like it? Yeah. My brother, John, he really liked it. And he's been, he's been trying to get into hunting you know as much as i have but he just has like five kids now and it's just yeah. pretty hard but that was my first successful hunt that i've been a part of and uh it got me hooked i was uh i was in it you know and that was about three years ago okay and then did you start doing the the utah dedicated hunter at that point who was the i remember you telling me uh, um off the call earlier that somebody told you about the dedicated hunter Utah program and that you should do that. Was that the same guy? Was that Ty? Yeah. So Ty, he's been kind of, he's a good friend now and he's been a big mentor in hunting and he kind of told me about the dedicated hunter program. And so I applied after that Colorado hunt, which was three years ago. Well, two, wait, two years ago, I applied right after that for, you know, that in March. Uh-huh. Yeah. And uh, I drew out. And the, the thing with the dedicated hunter is you, you apply for the unit that you want to hunt in, right? It could be any of the units in Utah. Or I don't know if other states, I'm sure other states have similar programs. Yeah. But you're guaranteed two tags within three years in that unit. So you have to choose the unit beforehand and then you get two tags in that one unit. Like you can't switch units the next year. It's got to be in that unit. And then you get two tags over three years. Yeah. Exactly. And a limit one per year, right? Yeah, exactly. So, but the thing is, is you have to do an X amount of, of community, well, of service hours. So the, the first year you're in it, it's eight hours. And this is anything that is for conservation you know, with the DWR, Division uh-huh. of Wildlife Resources, right? And you can go on their website and they have different events or different activities that you can participate in to get your hours. And so the first year, 
I think it's, I'm pretty sure it's eight, eight hours to get your tag. And uh, you have to complete this ethics course online, which is like 20 questions. It's not bad at all. And you can also pay your hours as well if you want to go down that route. Oh, so like if you don't have time or you're not going to be able to get your hours in, you can just pay to not do the service hours? Yep. Yeah. Okay. And then and then you have to do those hours every year, right? During your three years. Yep. Yeah, correct. Okay. So the, the second year is 24 hours. Okay. So, so um, they up it the second year? <laughs> yeah. So the, you have to do eight eight in the first year and then you complete those eight and then you have to do an additional 24 in the second year. Yeah. Well, I mean, you could do, I think, I think it's like a total of 32 hours of, of Over, okay. And you could do it all in like one year. Right. Oh, okay. But so the minimum you need is eight hours for the first year and 24 hours for the second year and then 30, 32 hours. Gotcha. Okay. Gotcha. And I think that like the whole thing behind the dedicated hunter program is to get the hunter more involved with what they're hunting, you know, not just harvesting an animal, but you know, like seeing the whole ecosystem and the environment and how contributing to that is contributing to a bigger picture of like conservation yeah yeah exactly and unfortunately for me i drew out and then my job landed me in atlanta georgia for nine months throughout the whole fall and this was last year yeah and the first year i was eligible for the dedicated hunter so i wasn't able to participate or do anything last year and this year, you know, it was, I was still kind of like, oh, what do I do for dedicated hunter, you know? And by the time I procrastinated and by the time the season came around, uh, there was a lot, there wasn't that many events or, or activities. Like opportunities, yeah. Yeah, to get my hours, <clears throat> right? So unfortunately I had to eat it and I had to pay my hours and it's not it's not cheap either <laughs> to pay those hours um you, but it, i mean if you don't pay it it's almost free you know what i mean yeah yeah and, because i mean like eight hours that's basically an entire saturday like if you went and did something on a saturday if you're i don't know what they have you doing yeah like uh, one one of the activities was put together these like kits for um, these biologists, you know, that go in the helicopter and tranquilize elk, you know, and do research. Yeah. That was an activity. There's other activities, you know, go help maintain a trail, you know, or put up a fence. Yeah. I just pulled up their website real quick and I'm oh, yeah. at some of the, their fence marker installation in critical sage grouse habitat. Um, Garfield County faint fence maintenance, seeding planting in Providence Canyon, um, fall bitterbrush seeding projects. 
So you're like planting stuff, you're fixing fences, cleaning up that. trails, creating yeah. new trails. And and then also you can do um your own like service project and you can get it approved. Oh, cool. So if you know that like a particular chunk of BLM land has a bunch of shot up TVs and refrigerators on it. You could like go organize a cleanup of that or something. Yeah. And then, but they'd take, accept something like that. Oh yeah. Yeah. And then you take pictures and, and uh, you send it in and you get it approved. Yeah. I, I know a buddy, he just, he drew out for the Wasatch unit dedicated. Uh huh. And he, he created these bins to put your, you know, your excess fishing line in. Oh yeah. I like ponds and stuff. Yep. Uh huh. He created about like eight of those and got his eight hours. I think. That's cool. Yeah. Pretty I cool. hate seeing fishing line on the side of ponds and stuff. I know it's the, the big word. bird's nest on it. Yeah. Yeah. Birds pick it up, put it in their nest. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so like, what's the advantage? I mean, you could just buy a regular tag, right? And it's cheaper and you don't have to do any service hours. What's the advantage of doing the dedicated hunter? You're, you're guaranteed two tags. If you do the service project, right? Yeah. Within three years. So, I mean, you could put in to hunt deer, right? Uh Uh-huh. But you Uh, might not get drawn one year or. Yeah. I, I think it just gives you more of an opportunity to go hunt and then you're in the same area. So you hunt that area, you get to know the area, you know, and, and just gives you, at least for me, I see it as this is giving me more of an opportunity to harvest an animal. And then don't you, can't you also hunt multiple seasons? Like you can hunt archery, muzzleloader and rifle. If you yeah. don't get one in archery, you can do the muzzle loader, and if you don't get one, you can do the the rifle. Isn't that yep. part of it too? And the, there's another cool thing about the dedicated hunter tag is that you can hunt the extended archery. So if you oh. don't get anything in the regular archery, the muzzle loader, which is like beginning of October, or the or the any legal weapon rifle, right? Then from now until november 30th you can hunt i think it's the well i know it's the wasatch unit um yeah there's like a few units like special units where they do like they add an additional archery season in like is it already open right now like at the end of october yeah i was i was actually gonna go today maybe but because i i was unsuccessful in my in my hunt last week in the rifle kind of sad but okay so let's get into that let's get into that so you did it you did so last year was your first year with the dedicated hunter and you didn't get one because you were in atlanta right yep correct okay so this year so if you don't get one this year then then i can only get one you can only get one next year so but if you do get one this year you can still get one next year correct okay as long as i do my hours right right okay and then so you did you do the the archery deer the early season archery this year uh i did so 
my just limited. Give me a, just give me like a rundown of like your season and like how how it went and like what was going through your head and stuff. Yeah, yeah. So in the summer, I went down twice. So I had the the Central Mountains Manti San Rafael unit. So I went down to, uh, you know, Fairview, which is the gateway to Skyline Drive down there. And, and it's a big area to hunt. You know, and I, I uh, my, my buddy Ty, he lives down there, which is very helpful. And he sets up trail cams. He, he's, a, he's really, he's a big time hunter. Good old Ty coming in clutch. Yeah. And so I helped him set up some trail cams, gather some trail cams. And I, you know, my first time kind of doing this and trying to scout out a buck that would be worth harvesting come hunting season. But I also bought an over-the-counter spike elk tag. And I bought the spike elk because it's the same unit as my dedicated, right? Yeah. So while I'm looking for deer, I'm also looking for spike elk. And so um, I didn't really hunt hard archery for my, my deer tag, but I hunted hard archery for my elk tag, my spike elk. And I was successful, and I'll tell you more about that a little bit later. Okay. But uh, I didn't hunt the muzzleloader season i don't have a muzzle loader um my buddy ty he does and he offered it to me but i just didn't have the time right uh-huh and then uh then i hunted really hard this rifle hunt and i saw a lot of deer um i passed up about 11 different different bucks oh really yeah so I what mean, what were you looking for? Like, did you, did you, like you'd looked over the unit, you know, what kind of caliber bucks are in there. Did you have like a, like a number or a number of points or something that you were looking for or what? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, not so last year I, 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 uh, I was successful in Colorado. I went again and I got a little, a little three by three little Bambi beer deer, you know, <laughs> little, little three banger, you know, <laughs> just a small little guy. My, it was my first deer I've ever caught and I was stoked about it. I was, it was awesome. Well, heck yeah. And he was very tasty and awesome. And so this year I was like, okay, well, I want to try to get, you know, a bigger buck and you know, maybe a four by four, but something a lot bigger than what I had the previous year. Yeah. Not that I wasn't satisfied or happy with it. I think any animal you harvest is a success and, and should be honored and, and Oh yeah, for sure. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but you still want to be like, well, I'm not going to shoot the, shoot the first one I see just because it's there. Exactly. Right. Yeah. And so I probably would have shot, you know, something even just a little bit bigger than what I got the previous last year in Colorado. But we found this one deer that we call, um, we called him Buck Lyoth. 
<laughs> that big, huh? He, he was probably 28 across and just had some really nice um, back tines. Those, there, his forks were just really big and, and he was a cool deer, man. He, you know, those big bucks, they just walk different, you know, yeah, they do. They, they send out their little minions, you know, <laughs> to get shot. And, and then they're, that's why they're so big, you know, cause they're smart. Yeah. They wait, they wait. Yeah. They wait. Uh-huh. And, and, uh, my buddy, he, he actually spotted him Wednesday night from 900 and I mean, it was like almost a thousand yards and I don't have anything that can hit that far. And I want to make an ethical shot. Right. Yeah. So I, I go down into this Valley and get within 400 yards of this guy. And I'm, you know, going to set up and, and, uh, and it's 400 yards, something that you would shoot. Yeah. 400 okay. yards is something I'd feel comfortable about shooting. And, um, but I, he, I just could see his, his butt, you know? And so I'm like, Oh, what do I do? So I try to get into a better position to, you know, find a broadside and shoot in the vitals. But of course, this other buck, and I was stupid, you know, I was, I had buck fever and I'm just trying to, you know, seal the deal. And this other buck, a really heavy two by two, he busted me, right? He, he was looking straight at me. And I think that bigger buck, Buck Goliath, he, he just saw that. And then he just went in and, and vanished. Hmm. So he saw that two point the big two, like he saw some movement or something and was on alert. Then the big yep. buck was like, that buck's on alert. I'm out of here. Yep. And I think that's what big bucks do, dude. Yeah. They just they're know, like, you know? I don't take any chances. If a doe perks your ears up, I'm gone. <laughs> yeah. And I don't know where they go, you know, this, oh man. But so I lost that opportunity, but we went the next morning, you know, in hopes because big bucks, they're usually pretty predictable. At least this is what I've been told. I've never shot one. I'd, I'm like a, a white belt in hunting. You know what I mean? <laughs> this, all this knowledge has come from my buddy Ty. He's grown up hunting his whole life. And, and uh, yeah. And, and he's like, to be honest, man, we probably have like a 20% chance of seeing that buck again. Oh, man. But we went on there. We we got there super early. We got there in the morning at our little spot that we glass. It's this big valley, and then we glass the whole other side of the valley from the side that we're at. So you got a good vantage point. You can see everything. Uh-huh. And, uh, and you know, come the light's coming out, and – we see a bunch of other deer, we see some does and we know where he bedded down the general area, right? Of Buck Goliath. And, and I, I'm looking in that area and sure enough, I barely see this, this bigger bodied deer. And I'm like, I think I got him. I think I found him. And sure enough, it was Buck Goliath. Oh man. 
So here we are. Oh, and my cousin came down, my cousin James, who introduced me to Ty and, and everything. He came down to help us out. And he has a really fancy, really nice gun that could hit something at a thousand yards, right? A really nice scope, really nice gun. He's a good shot. But with me, I've never I've never hit anything over six hundred yards in my life. Just because I don't have a gun that can do that. Yeah, yeah. Anyways, we get on him, and he comes out. He's feeding, you know, and and I just get on the gun, you know, just to if see what there it is feels an like. Yeah, to see what it feels like. How far is he at this point? He's nine at, from our spot to where he wa- is or was. It's about nine hundred and fifty yards to a thousand yards. So it, it's I don't care who poke. you are, like that's a shot. You that's know? a long shot. <laughs> and you want to be ethical, and you don't want to, you know. Even if it is a big, and this guy was a trophy buck, you know. Oh yeah, I mean, even if he's like just still and feeding, if you shoot and he takes one step, that bullet's in the air for so long. Yeah, I mean, there's too many, so many variables, so yeah, many, yeah. Problems, right? So much so, can go wrong. Exactly. So we we watched him and just waited for him to bed down, right? So we knew where he was, and and uh, I I was like, you know, I don't know, I don't, I don't know if I can make a shot, a clean shot, you know, from this far away. So I decided to wait till nighttime. And, uh, you know, get closer to that 400-yard spot that I went the night before. And so that's exactly what we did. We waited for him to bed down. And then me and Ty, my cousin had to leave, but he let me borrow his gun. Um, we, you know, we left at like two – because really deer – it's it's hard to spot deer in the middle of the day. Nothing's really moving. They're all bedded down. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? I'm sure you know. And and uh we went in at around two o'clock, super quiet for two hours, which could usually take, you know, twenty minutes. We were just really, really quiet and stealthy getting up on this buck. To that four hundred yard mark. Yeah. We actually got in within 200 yards of where he was. Yeah. And uh, I really wish we had another guy on a, on a spotting scope or, you know, glassing from where we first saw him because once you get in there, it's a whole different. Yeah. Yeah. Everything looks different. Everything looks different. And we found some other bucks, but some little, little, little bucks uh, and a decent, I think we saw that two two banger, the the really heavy one that busted me the night before. But we couldn't find Buck Lyeth. And I would have been fine, you know, you know, harvesting one of those guys that we saw, but when you know that there's a really big buck, it's hard to <laughs> it's hard, hard to settle. Exactly. Yeah. You know? Anyways, long story short, I went the next morning, and he was gone. Our luck ran out. Man. You know, and, and I couldn't hunt that night. This was Friday. 
But I came back again Saturday to that same spot. And by that time, it's the weekend. So there's a bunch of people down there. Mm -hmm. And um, we couldn't find them. We, Saturday morning, we saw about 40 elk, though, going over this ridge. A really cool six-by-six six, silhouetted on the skylight. You know, it was really cool. Oh, that's yeah. cool. The last one. But, but uh, during that time, we hear these two shots. And my heart just dropped. It was like, you know, they shot in the direction <laughs> of where we saw Buck Lyoth, you know. Oh, no. <laughs> and it was like, no, how did we miss oh, him? No. We were picking that thing apart. We, you know, looked under every tree, every – I thankfully, I, I have a, a Nikon, a really nice spotting scope that I invested in. Well, my dad helped me with Christmas. I We went half and half on it, but – um. And so, oh, it, I just felt sick. But so I went up there and I talked to them and, and uh, they had this buck in the spotting scope. And luckily it wasn't Buck Lyoth, but we helped them, you know, find it while they went down to go harvest it. And and that was my, it was cool though, you know, just being out there, yeah, seeing yeah. other guys and some other fellow hunters helping them out. Yeah. And they were able to see something that we couldn't cause they're at a little bit different angle. And uh-huh they were they were able to get it done and he they he got this smaller four by four but beautiful you know and he made a great shot at it and and uh we helped them we moved their car down to the to the bottom of where this this valley kind of empties out and helped them out that way so they wouldn't have to hike up the big mountain again yeah yeah but uh it was really cool to do that it was cool, and, and, you know, I was kind of sad, kind of butthurt that, oh, man, why didn't I just take one of the 11 other bucks that I saw <laughs> yeah. throughout the week, you know? But it was, it was really cool being a part of a, a, a trophy class buck. Yeah. You know, seeing how those older, heavier bucks, how they react and how they move and how they – uh just live you know to survive what yeah. they do their habits and it was really cool and and hopefully i'm gonna hunt you know the extended, extended archery here on the wasatch which is only you know 15 minutes away instead of an hour and 30 minutes going down to the manta unit you know and hopefully yeah. i can get it done but still really cool and sad i couldn't make it happen but but really thankful for the experience and just had a blast being outdoors and yeah and a big buck that's awesome dude yeah there's something about even if you don't harvest one of those big bucks when you're just sitting there watching them because i go on a doe hunt in wyoming during the rut every year so i get to look at a lot of bucks but i'm not allowed to shoot any of them and so (laughs) when you watch them it's just like it's it's something else like I don't know. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. It's cool. It it is cool. It's 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 awesome. <laughs> yeah, it's way it. cool. Yeah. So do you have like any strategy for the extended archery? Like are you uh I I don't. Are you I, just gonna I, be like, I'm just gonna go find one? 
Yeah, I, I, you know, you got to make sure it's a little tricky because, you know, it's almost the rut for all the deer, the mule deer, and and uh, they're all coming down off the mountain to their winter ranges, and and so they're, I mean, where my parents live, there's a lot of big deer that come in there, you know, after the rut, and they're just wandering the neighborhood during the during the winter, <laughs> and you yeah. see big old bucks. <laughs> And you're just like licking your chops, you know, they're, know. they're, just, they're just smiling at you, you know, just kidding. <laughs> they're like, yep, I'm in city limits. You can't touch me. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and so I don't know what my plan is. I, I, I know some good places that I might be going and, uh, you should come with me, man. Oh, I, if you'll let me come with you, I'm coming with you, dude. Let's, let's that sounds awesome. Let's make it happen. You know? Yeah. At least have an extra set of eyes and try and find something. Oh, for sure. I mean, we have till November 30th and, and there's always, there's always, you know, hunt the, hunt the front that. Yeah. That, yeah. Yeah. Account. That Instagram account. Yeah. There's always huge bucks on that. Always big bucks in the Wasatch that no one can get, you know? Yeah. So, so it'd true. be fun to get it done with, with you, man. Yeah. We should do it. Let's totally do that. I think that'd be awesome yeah cool man well i think this has been really helpful for a lot of people i mean like guys like you and i we we don't really come from hunting families and it really just comes down to getting out there and figuring it out and and when you have a mentor like ty or somebody like that to help you out it's like it can help you a ton oh yeah hopefully this can just be an episode to inspire people to just get out there and do it. Even if you don't know what you're doing, like you're like, you're just saying, right. Do you have a strategy for extended archery? Like, no, I'm just going to go out and do it. And that's like the attitude I I feel like you need to have in order to do anything difficult, whether it's hunting or anything else. Like you just got to do it and you'll learn. Because I mean, the worst day of hunting, you know, it's still better than being in the office or working. Oh, yeah. For you know what sure. I mean? <laughs> or whatever it may be. It it's always yeah, it's hard, you know, but yeah. it's it's always there's always a reward, even if you don't even harvest something or or you always learn something and and you always get something out of it whenever you go out. Cause if you never go out, your chances are zero percent to get it done yeah for sure like the old saying is they always say this but can't kill one from the couch (laughs) yep (laughs) that's what everybody says it's i mean it's like so dumb but it's true (laughs) i I know (laughs) it's like sometimes my wife even says stuff like that to me and she's like you're just watching videos of people hunting why don't you just go out and do it i'm like okay (laughs) all right if you're gonna offer to take the kids then i'm all in yeah yeah exactly (laughs) oh man cool man well um thanks for hopping on here um do you want you should send me over a picture of that big buck you um you got in colorado a couple years ago and uh, we'll put it up on the website so people can see it yeah i will and uh i got a video of i i have a phone scope or a Oh, of, yeah. of Buck Goliath. 
of Buck Goliath. Oh, send that over too. We'll throw that up on the Instagram. And for you guys listening, you can follow that at huntthewest.us on Instagram. And if you want, you can find Nelson on, on Instagram too. I don't know if you want people following you, but yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> but we'll send people over there anyway, but cool, man. Thanks for, thanks for coming on. This has been awesome. We'll, yeah, to, we'll, we'll go and do the, the extended archery for sure. Yeah. We'll definitely have yeah, to. Well, let's go do that. We'll, and then we'll, we'll uh, and then maybe we'll hop on here again and give an update for people. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. It'd be great. As we uh, both kind of figure out this hunting thing. Definitely, man. Thanks. Thanks again for having me on and uh, happy to share my little knowledge that I have. (laughs) Well, I'm sure it's been helpful for a lot of people. So I appreciate it. Good, good. Cool. All right. I hope you enjoyed that episode with Nelson Johansson. Um, I love that story about Buck Goliath. That is so cool. Um, if you want to see a picture of that buck from Colorado that Nelson got, or if you want to see the video of the phone scope footage of Buck Goliath, head over to www.huntthewest.us slash five for episode five. And you can see that there. And you'll also see the show notes with links to the dedicated hunter program in Utah and, um, And just so you guys know, we're still running that giveaway for the free t-shirt for leaving a review on Apple podcast or wherever you're listening. So go ahead, write a review. If you enjoyed this episode, if you learned anything, if you thought that was an awesome story, just let me know in a review, write a review, um, what you thought about it and leave a rating of five stars if you think is worth it. And until next time, get out there and hunt the West.